Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, February 20th. In today's news, the alleged gunman in Florida was able to purchase 10 rifles, despite a long history of mental health issues. President Trump indicates support for a bill to modestly strengthen background checks. And Donald Trump Jr. is giving a foreign policy speech in India while on a business trip to promote a Trump Organization real estate project. But first, the big idea. Maybe the kids are all right. Most stories about kids these days give reasons to feel pessimistic about the next generation. They're addicted to video games. They're taking the Tide Pod Challenge. They're snowflakes who don't appreciate the importance of the First Amendment or capitalism. They're self-centered, entitled, and need constant validation. But what's happened in Florida over the past week forcefully challenges this caricature. As is so often the case, the worst of humanity also brings out its best. Take Peter Wang, a 15-year-old hero. He was killed in Parkland after holding a door open so his classmates could escape. He was a member of the Junior ROTC, a program designed to prepare teenagers for military service. I am the future of the United States of America, is part of the creed that members of that group recite. Of the 17 people who were massacred at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School on Valentine's Day, three were JROTC cadets. Peter died in uniform. Now, a friend of the family says his five-year-old brother Alex keeps asking, when will Peter be home? Local members of the military community have been organizing online to attend Peter's funeral later today in full regalia. To a far greater degree than any previous school shooting, several of the surviving students have also emerged over the past few days to loudly call for stricter gun laws and decry elected officials for failing to keep them safe. They've flooded social media, appeared on Sunday public affairs shows, and written op-eds for national newspapers. Students are even organizing a gun control march in Washington and other cities on March 24th. Emma Gonzalez, a survivor of last week's shooting, delivered a fiery speech at a Saturday rally that quickly went viral. She attacked politicians for being beholden to the National Rifle Association, noting that the group spent $30 million to help elect President Trump in 2016. If you don't do anything to prevent this from coming, from continuing to occur, that number of gunshot victims will go up and the number that they are worth will go down. And we will be worthless to you. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, shame on you. Gonzalez is just 18 years old. David Hogg, her classmate, who's just 17, filmed and interviewed other students while they were hiding in a closet from the shooter last week. He said he decided to record their testimonies because if he died that day, he wanted to show the world that, quote, blood was being spilled on the floors of American classrooms. Here's what he had to say afterwards. Everybody thinks this isn't going to be them. It's never going to be them. And I think that's part of why people don't get out and be politically active. But I urge them. I urge them to get out and do something about it. Call your congressman. Vote. Please vote. Regardless of how you feel about gun control, these young people have shown themselves to be authentic, articulate, and impressive while in the spotlight after such a traumatizing event. Why is this cohort so outspoken? Consider this staggering statistic. By our count, more than 150,000 students attending at least 170 primary or secondary schools have experienced a shooting on campus since the killings at Colorado's Columbine High School in 1999. These kids were all born after Columbine. 
They're now old enough to speak out. They're at an age at which political awareness blooms. They're not cynical yet. They live in a world in which the voice of the individual is powerful. They're the social media generation. Young people are much less likely to own guns. And this is a moment when political disruption seems more possible than ever. What's not clear is where all this energy goes. Is this the beginning of a sea change or just the venting of intense emotion? Not everyone in Parkland is advocating for new gun laws, for instance. Millennials are by no means a monolith. As a whole, our polling shows that this group does not necessarily support tougher gun laws at a much greater rate than the rest of the population. But the young people in Florida are inspiring others their age across the country. After watching speeches from people like Emma and David, two young women at the Potomac School in McLean, Virginia, created a Facebook group called Teens for Gun Reform and organized what they called a lie-in at the White House on Monday. 17 high school students from around D.C. lay down for three minutes to represent the lives lost. Several hundred protesters gathered around them. Members of this new generation feel like they're the ones who will be forced to clean up the messes being left behind by the leaders of today. Florida shows that they just might be up for the task. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the alleged gunman in last week's shooting obtained at least 10 rifles and had a history of alarming behavior and mental health issues. A 2016 report from the Florida Department of Children and Families said that Nicholas Cruz engaged in self-destructive behavior after a breakup with a girlfriend. He suffered from depression, ADHD, and autism. But even before the breakup, Cruz had once put hate signs on his book bag, including a Nazi symbol and a sign that included a racial slur for African Americans. Despite the red flags, the Department of Children and Families ultimately determined that Cruz was low risk because he was living with his mother, receiving in-home mental health services, and attending school. Cruz was also able to purchase his AR-15 last February because he passed what a local gun shop owner called the eyeball test, meaning that the store owner felt Cruz did not appear to be mentally unstable at the time. The owner's lawyer says that the owners would appreciate more information in the future that could allow them to determine who should be able to buy a gun, although the lawyer was hesitant to use the word regulations. Meanwhile, the public defender's office says Cruz is willing to plead guilty to charges of premeditated murder in order to avoid the death penalty. Number two, President Trump signaled tentative support for one modest piece of gun control legislation proposed in the Senate. Republican Senator John Cornyn of Texas and Democratic Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut introduced a bill last Friday that reinforces the requirement that federal agencies report all criminal infractions to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System. The bill would also create financial incentives for states to report as well. Congress has no power to force states to report crimes to the database. A White House statement issued Monday says Trump is supportive of efforts to improve the federal background check system but it didn't address how far the president is willing to go. Number three, Donald Trump Jr. is slated to give a foreign policy speech in India this week during a trip to promote the Trump organization's current real estate projects. Indian newspapers are hyping Don Jr.'s arrival. They're even running full-page glossy ads promoting the latest Trump Tower project under the headline, Trump is here, are you invited? The ads are soliciting buyers to plunk down a booking fee of almost $40,000 to join the First Son for dinner and conversation. 
The trip has sparked criticism of conflicts of interest from ethics experts, especially since the Trump organization is offering buyers the chance to pay to meet the president's son. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, February 20th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. If you're looking for another podcast to check out, try Edge of Fame from WBUR and The Washington Post. National arts reporter Jeff Edgers paints intimate, surprising audio portraits of actors, musicians, and comedians, from beloved performers you think you already know to up-and-comers bursting onto the scene. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.